0: Thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we talk about the Bible, speak the truth, and make Bible study come to life. Here is your host, Joshua Cantrell
1: welcome to the diligent podcast where we make bible study come to life and i'm your host joshua cantrell so thankful so appreciative to each one wherever you are listening to this podcast whether it be morning noon or night so thankful to the scattered abroad network of course the elders at east hill who oversee this great work and of course all of you all of you who take the time. To diligently, as I might add, listen to these podcasts, we certainly appreciate your attentiveness, your love, your commitment—not just to these podcasts, but ultimately to the truth that we find in the Word of God. How do you handle? Last week we had a guest with us, a good friend of mine, Dr. Stefan Lawrence was with us, and. We just talked to him about you know, how did he handle being a doctor in his profession, just having to balance his faith, his walk, and certainly if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you go back and listen to that one because I believe it will definitely strengthen you in your walk with Christ. Today, I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and what I mean by that is a certain passage of scripture. How do you handle a crisis? How do you handle a crisis? Now, depending on who you ask and depending on the context in which it's going to be talked about, crisis can be defined in a plurality of different ways. But I like to define crisis. I saw this definition and I thought it was pretty good. A time of intense difficulty. Trouble or danger. A time when a difficult or important decision must be made.
2: A critical point. It's time to get it done. It's time to make it happen. How do you handle a crisis? But I want to use a subtitle for this as well. And the subtitle
1: is. When my flesh and my spirit have a conversation. When my flesh and my spirit have a conversation. The text I want to use, of course, is Matthew chapter 26, 36 through 46. And if you remember there, that is the text where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. Luke chapter twenty-two, Mark fourteen, and John chapter eighteen, also uh, the gospel, the synoptic gospel, gives us the uh, gives us different pictures or different camera angles from one event, and once you put all the camera angles together, it gives us a full uh, picture of what happened in the garden. It's interesting to study, or as we are studying the life of Christ, that. There is this overwhelming proof of evidence that Jesus is 100% God and he's also 100% man. That we will often reference as the hypostatic union, two unions, two natures residing inside of one person. Now, God not only, God in the flesh, God Jesus, not only came here to took upon flesh, but also human nature while remaining God at the same time. Jesus comes down to earth and he became who he wanted to save. I think that's a very powerful point because Jesus never took the time to become an angel because he never wanted to save them. Yes, they did sin, 2 Peter 2 verse 4, but the Bible talks about in Hebrews 2 verse 8 and 9, he became lower than the angels. There is an aspect of Jesus that understands the human experience. He is able to understand, which makes him empathetic and sympathetic to the human life while maintaining the integrity of being God at the same time. Now, what is the doctrine in this? You may be asking Jesus, John 1 verse 14, is God in the flesh. And therefore, he can and he has experienced human difficulty. Hebrews 4.15. He's at the right hand of God. as the God man. Pleading my case. He's the very means by which God gives me mercy. He is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. For there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4 verse 15. For we have not in high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we are yet without sin. He's qualified, Jesus, to plead my case. He has felt it all. It makes you fascinated with the idea of Jesus taking a lower rank to save what he created. It's difficult. To think God will become human because of what we go through every single day, we are praying to a God who understands so much. He sent his son, Jesus humbled himself to experience this. The text in which we find ourselves in today is the Passion Week, the Passion Week of our Lord's Lord's life, uh, that which we often reference as the Passion of Christ. And again, this particular event is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the entire Gospel, the Synoptic Gospels. Now, again, Jesus here is on the outside of Jerusalem. He is across the Kindred Valley. In a place called the Mount of Olives, and that's where Gethsemane is. And the Bible lets us know that Jesus often went to this pray, place for the purpose to pray. And on this occasion, he took with him Peter, James, and John, and he tells them in Matthew 26, You sit here while I go further. You sit here. You stay here while I go yonder. You sit here while I go over there. And I believe that right there is a sermon. Any of itself, you sit here, you stay here while I go there. All of us have to go to that place called there. All of us have to go to that place called Gethsemane, where we can have a conversation with God, where we can talk to God, where we can pray to God, and that place there, sometimes you have to go by yourself. There is there is only so far in life your friends can go with you. You have to have that moment with God
2: well, you two have to wrestle this thing out. They love you. They care for you. They want to be there with you and for you. But in this place and in this time, there's really nothing they can do for you. So
1: Jesus is in Gethsemane. Gethsemane translates or renders better the olive press, the the olive press, excuse me, It it was a place of crushing. There are some things on
2: the inside of you God can't get to
1: unless he crushes you. There are moments where God has to crush you so that he can get out of you what's inside
2: of you. If we're all honest with ourselves today, when God crushed me
1: the most was when I produced the best. Some of my best days in life was when God crushed me. Then I was finally able to listen to what it was He was trying to teach me because I've come to realize in my short time here on earth, there are some things. God will teach me through experience that I failed to learn through scripture. Now, that's not in any way saying scripture is not powerful enough to teach us. Scripture is not powerful enough to give us what we need. But sometimes our heads are so hard. Sometimes we refuse to listen. And so God will put us in a predicament or a situation in life That we now have to live out something we failed to learn through scripture.
2: There will come a time. When his best teaching method. Is to crush you.
1: There God has you in Gethsemane. There the battle begins. And Jesus shows us. How the human can struggle. He shows us how that humanity can kick in sometimes. He shows us how difficult this really can be. Jesus here is in this garden, and he's praying
2: to the Father. He's pleading with the Father. If it is possible, If it's in your will, please, I'm asking you to let this cup pass from me. To let this cup pass
1: from me. Before we actually get into the text a little bit more, I want to spend a couple minutes and just ask you guys again. How do you handle a crisis? One of the things that stands out to me before I even really dive into the, into the text is the fact that Jesus was in a crisis. He was in a storm. He was in a very, very difficult time in his life. But the text just speaks volumes about his character because instead of Jesus complaining about it, what did he do?
2: He went to the Father with his concern. He
1: went to the Father with his frustrations. You know, I believe with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my might, that when I read the Bible and when I study about individuals who love and who cares for others,
2: when I look at my relationship with God,
1: God is okay with me being upset with him. Oh, yes, he is. God is okay with me being upset, being angry at God. Plenty of us have been angry. Plenty of us have been upset with God. But in the process of you feeling some type of way, whatever it is we're feeling at that time. I'm begging you
2: and I'm encouraging you. Don't you disobey God. Don't you disrespect God. Don't you turn
1: away from God because sometimes our flesh and our spirit is having a conversation and sometimes our flesh is saying one thing and our spirit is saying something else. But the good thing about being a child of God today is there is someone who can come in and who can mediate this thing. There is someone who is coming coming in and he can be our lawyer. He can be our advocate. There is someone who is coming in and he can stand right in the middle between my flesh and my spirit and he can speak to
2: both of them. And they both will
1: listen. Now, oh, absolutely. I have to do the work. I have to be willing to put in the work. I have to be willing to do what I have to do. But let me ask you a question. When your flesh and your spirit is having a conversation, how do you handle that? (laughs) How do you handle your flesh and your spirit arguing, debating, competing with each other? Because sometimes my flesh gets the best of me. Sometimes my spirit gets the best of me. How
2: do you handle that conversation? How do you handle a crisis?
1: You know, the good thing about the Bible is sometimes, sometimes the Bible does leave us in kind of a cliffhanger. And what I mean by that is here are two examples. Number one, in Luke chapter 15, I always wonder whether or not that older son went in to be with his younger brother. Why did Jesus leave the text? Why did he leave us just hanging on right there? The decision is up to us. Would
2: you go in? I wonder whether or not Philemon took Onesimus back. I wonder. I wonder. But here's a question. Would you? would you? He's your brother in Christ, would you?
1: How do you handle a crisis? You know, next week we're going to dive into this, dive into the text. This is just the introduction, just the beginning. Next week we're going to dive into the text and really, really examine when my flesh and my spirit have a conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. And I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.